Rack your look for fall at your Nordstrom Rack Store and get brands you love up to 60% off. We've got them. Vince, Frame, Marc Jacobs, All Saints, Theory, and more. Save on everything you need and want for the new season today at Nordstrom Rack. The latest denim, boots, cozy sweaters, designer bags, plus updates for the whole family and home. Score great brands, great prices, now up to 60% off every day at Nordstrom Rack. What will you find? Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello everyone, hello Flypaniacs, Steve back here. Time for Flyperbole. I know I was off last week. Happy New Year, by the way. Happy New Year. Took a week off. It's going to happen sometimes, but that's okay. I needed to take some time off because it's just, it's tough being on Flyers Twitter these days. And I, I think my friend Kurt here would agree with that assessment. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard talking about this team, which is why I think last, I have to say as a listener, last week's Flyperbole in which there was no Flyers talk whatsoever, or I guess not last week's, the week before with, with, uh, with Hinkle. That that was just some some premium content. It's it's been long enough that I don't remember all the Christmas movies, but um, but <laughs> the fake Christmas guys. If you haven't listened to the Christmas movie challenge, please go back and listen to the Christmas movie challenge. It was it's a fly probably less than an hour, so it's basically a unicorn, and it's and <laughs> some premium work done there. I ha- I just I I was laughing a lot while I was I think washing dishes in my home listening to this. So great work there, Bob. The ideal way to listen to fly verbally, yes. really. I mean, you know, I, I think it was um, Bo Wolf who on a Birds with Friends, the Eagles athletic podcast, has, has said a couple times before, there is no greater compliment you can give to a podcast than it's a dishwashing podcast because, you know, there's nothing else you can really do. You can't like watch, can't really watch TV during it because, you know, you want to make sure you actually wash the dishes. You, you got it's you really can only use your ears to consume the content here. So like just whatever podcast works for that time. Like it's something you want to listen to. And like, it's, this is, I think that was when I was listening to um, the Christmas movie challenge featuring um, whatever the one was about the dancer. That was the only one I got wrong. I, I now feel really dumb for not remembering it, but yeah, the, the lack of flyers talk, honestly, it, it was nice. It was nice. Um, I had been on vacation the week before that episode. So I, I think I well, I only ended up missing one Flyers game because then they canceled those or they postponed those last two with the outbreak. So fortunately, there wasn't much Flyers talk to miss and not that we really want to talk about this team right now anyways. And and for the record, the one that you can't remember was literally called Dancing with Santa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my goodness. Oh, good times. You know, good times. just uh, when 
you know, when John comes to Junestown for a Christmas show around the candy cane pole, will they be naughty or nice? It's a valid question right there. I think that was one I listened to and was like, this is so stupid. It has to be true. And <laughs> the true mark of a great guessing game is that those ones can be either true or false. Oh, my goodness. That was and the glory of all of that was that I didn't have anything ready like two days before recording and I was very worried that it was going to come together and I'm very happy that it all seemed to come together pretty nicely. Yeah, it was highly enjoyable listening. Good. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. A lot more fun than Flyers Twitter, which we had a long, extensive Slack chat about just some of the, the toxicity out there and just the, the pure hate for this team. And it, it, things were bad a few years ago, but it at least was like fun bad. Like we had a good time with how like just stupid some of the decisions being made on this team were. And it, it turned to like pretty toxic. I, I feel like in the past couple of years and somehow this whole conversation we were having about this eventually turned to Sonic the Hedgehog, which to be fair, Flyers Twitter does often give me anxiety like the Sonic Drowning music. Oh my god. Oh, the worst. When you stop getting the bubbles and, and like the... You know, you know the noise when you when you get one of the air bubbles and they, you stop getting them and then it's like, yeah, I know exactly the, the music you're talking about. Yeah. What a, a horrifying 16-bit animation that those guys came up with mm -hmm. back in the day of sonic drowning and gasping for air bubbles just Brutal. what were those guys Brutal. thinking but yeah uh, i won't i won't you know we we you know everyone signs an end like you know a, a hardcore nda before they go into our slack channel um that's not true uh that's just not true at all but we do try to <laughs> i think screenshots have been freely proliferated throughout we, twitter we, we try to use discretion when talking about what we share from our channel but for a little inside baseball here, yeah, we, I mean, it started with a conversation about, I don't even remember something that came up today and yeah, or some sort of news from today. And it led in, you know, further conversation about how angry everyone is, man, which like, there's a degree to which I get it because, you know, the sports team isn't winning, but like something, something that hit me at some point in the last three and a half years and I'll, or like about four years from now, and I'll explain why I know it's four years in a second was at some point if you're mad like if you're mad about sports like okay you know what I, I, I mean i've never been mad about sports but all right that's a lie I, i've definitely been mad about sports before <laughs> we've all we've all probably if you're the kind of person who listens to a sports podcast and haven't gotten mad about sports before like congratulations to you but a lot of us have, you know we we care like are you a robot if you haven't gotten mad about sports and you're a big sports <laughs> fan at some point? I you have to have gotten mad at some point. Like I specifically remember one of my angriest moments being the Patrick Kane goal in mm -hmm. 2010 and I almost broke like I I'm not usually the kind of person who almost breaks stuff or like will slam something, but I almost broke my friend's chair. Yeah, I went I went through all five stages in about um in <laughs> the span of about 30 seconds when that goal happened. Oh, so you did the, the Willem Dafoe in the first Spider-Man movie when he goes, you can't do this to me. <laughs> I built this company. Like he goes through every stage yeah. of grief in that one like moment in that mm -hmm. movie. And it's fantastic. That was, so that was Kurt. Just <laughs> imagine Willem yeah. Dafoe as Kurt in that scenario. Uh, yeah. Again, if you, we often get angry about sports because like, if you care this much, like if you pay this much attention and it doesn't go the way you want, you know, some, and, Naturally, we all get angry to a degree because 
why are we doing this just to watch some team that we all want to win lose? You get angry at yourself for the amount of time you spend on it, things like that. But something that's really hit me as you know, I mean, I've been on Twitter talking about the Flyers for almost nine years now. And like, I think something that hit me in the last few years was if you're, if you're mad about sports, fine. We all, again, we've all done it. If you're mad that not everyone is as mad about sports as you are, you got to take a deep breath. You got to chill. We're here. At the end of the day, sports are supposed to be fun. And we know that's not always true. And again, part of why we're mad is because we got into this thinking it was going to be fun. And then we quickly realized, oh, this is actually terrible most of the time. And yet we're still here because we can't let go because our brains are all poisoned with sports fandom. But if people have found a way to not get mad about this, like, let them. Just fucking let them. Like, this doesn't really matter at the end of the day, guys. We're all having fun. But, and, you know, it feels ridiculous for me to sit here saying that, knowing we're going to spend, you know, the next hour plus talking about sports and, you know, how mu- however much time we spend talking about and thinking about and writing about and watching them. I want to talk about Sonic a little bit. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so anyway, oh, I-, I guess I should get to that. Yeah, so. And what one of the things that I think I said in Slack was, um, was, and you'll be like, how did you get from this to Sonic? Was, I think I got about, was that I think I got about 90% less angry about sports after the Eagles won the Super Bowl. And I just made this comment in our channel, and I think I got a couple of people saying like, yeah, that sounds about right. And Bill Matz, the the one and only, the uh, director of fun and games uh, here at Broad Street Hockey, um, he dropped into the channel with, you know, you know how in Slack you can react to a message with an emoji or something like that. He reacted that message positively. And like that for, again, to get it a little bit into the inside baseball here, that's weird because for those who don't know, and I hope I'm not spilling the beans here for anyone on our site, but oh well, um, there's a separate channel that's a private one just for the people who do Brustreet Hockey radios. You know, I think the, the oh, wow. seven or eight of us who are involved in that. And Bill mostly hangs out in that one. I think he said in the main channel where there are still over 20 of us, though not everyone participates anymore. But like, I think he said the main channel scares him a little bit. And I don't know how, how we caught him or how he, you know, caught us in that channel. But he, you know, dropped Megan. Yeah, caught Eamon him. caught. Yeah, Megan Eamon caught him. Because he. No, no, it was Megan. It was Megan. Oh, yeah. Oh, OK. Yes, that's true. Megan was like, oh, well, Bill sighting. And Eamon, what Eamon, this, this. This was very funny. Eamon basically said, wow, I don't know how we managed to catch Bill. He's basically like an Abra coming in and out of here, which um, for those who don't get the reference here, um, I hate you. And also Abra (laughs) is uh, is a Pokemon from the original generation of Pokemon. And for what is at least like the fourth time in my time on Broad Street Hockey talking about Pokemon in conjunction with the Flyers. So he was a Pokemon who whenever you see him in the wild, he just used move teleport, which just removes him from a battle, and then the battle's over. So if you ever wanted to catch an Abra, you had to put it to sleep immediately or throw a ball at it that would catch it on the first try, which doesn't usually happen because that's not how catching Pokemon works. But you basically had to, you know, he would basically show up and disappear immediately was the point. And Eamon made that reference, and so we started talking about Pokemon in the space. And then Bill, who was still there because we had caught him, so he basically hung around for a bit longer was like he made a comment about how he was going to see or how he had detective pikachu queued up in his uh, in his movie queue and that led me to say you know speaking of movies that um or speaking of you know movies featuring um anthropomorphized real life um 
video game characters. I'm excited for the next Sonic the Hedgehog movie because I saw I saw the preview when we went to see No Way Home. And I got to say, that looks like it whips. It's like it whips ass. Going to watch that movie. It's going to be it's going to be above average. I did not get that preview. Maybe it might be terrible, but I'm still going to watch it. <laughs> Isn't is Idris Elba voicing Knuckles in that? Is he? I think I heard that somewhere. Well, I'll I can look that up uh, uh, unless I mean, we want to say there's no way to find out. Of course, no way for us to know. All right, let's see there's here. There's no way for us yes, to know. Uh, but I believe Idris Elba is voicing Knuckles in that movie, which is hilarious. And I do like also that like, Kirk got briefly Sonic shamed for <laughs> liking Sonic and the the slack, Shit. which. As somebody who who grew up in that era, uh, speaking for myself, you know, I, I can't imagine Sonic shaming someone because, you know, when I was a kid, Sonic was incredibly cool. Like that was like one of the like mind blowing video game experiences was like the first couple Sonic the Hedgehog games. I remember Absolutely. Going to, like, Toys R Us and they would have this, this you know, the gaming station set up and you try it out a little bit. and You're like, whoa, this is cool. And, like, those Sega graphics were, like, very advanced at the time. You're like, well, this is... Sega! And do yourself a favor and look up the Sega commercials from the early 90s where they really present themselves as, like, the extreme gaming company. They're friggin' hilarious. And they're even (laughs) funnier today than they were back then. I don't know if I ever actually... I feel like I heard so much about the Sega Dreamcast. and Like, it was out at the time I played those. I don't know if I ever actually... Or that I was, like, got introduced to video games i don't think i ever actually played a sega dreamcast i never even played a sega dreamcast i know people that had dreamcast and i i might have played it like briefly but i never owned one and like extensively played a game on it which is kind of shocking but i i did have it not only did i own a sega genesis i still have three sega genesis in my house somewhere genesis genesis Genocide. Yeah, I gotta be careful. That's a that. little too close to genocide. Yep, yep, right yep, 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 yep. <laughs> Moving on. No bueno, my friend. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, I got I got Sonic changed by Eamon, whose opinions are now bad. And um, yeah, it, it is it is Idris Elba, by the way. <laughs> Idris Elba is Knuckles the Echidna, an anthropomorphic, hot-headed yet gullible red echidna with super strength, who collaborates with Doctor Eggman to find the Master Emerald. That's that's so the, I, I, that's the I description on Wikipedia. On of, of I have two notes on this. I, I will ne- I always reject Dr. Eggman. That is a simplification of Dr. Robotnik. Robotnik yep. And I, yep. Yeah, it's Dr. Robotnik, guys. Dr. Eggman's for dumb kids who don't know any better. Dummy, he's shaped like an egg, I get it, but his name's Dr. Robotnik, okay? You respect that. Dr. Eggman's bullshit. And the other thing is when the Knuckles version of Sonic, I think it was the fourth one, first came out, that was such a weird experience because if uh, people don't know the the backstory here the so with the sega genesis and the super nintendo and the original nintendo you had these cartridges that you'd plug into the system uh you might be familiar with the blowing sound from blowing out the dust in the cartridge to try and get it to work better Mm -hmm. that's how video games used to work and the knuckles game you could plug in and it had something on the top that you flipped up and you could plug your old sonic games into that oh i don't remember this it would insert knuckles as a playable character into those old sonic games technology is wild (laughs) that was i tell you what that was one of the craziest weirdest things i'd ever heard of in a video game back then I, i like to go back and essentially retcon 
knuckles into these sonic games was really just like mind-blowing to my young self and very cool to do and i still have that to this day i'll post a picture of it on the twitter if i can find it and (laughs) i mean it was cool like it was really different and weird and those sonic games are just bizarre in general because the whole conceit is that dr robotnik is kidnapping animals and putting them in i don't into robots they're like little birds yeah it's 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 very strange like and you have to hit him a bunch shit. of times and like from the right angle. Cause if you don't, you lose all the rings. Yeah. It's... And eventually he gets a mean bean machine, whatever that means. <laughs> oh dear. One of the strangest video game titles to this day is Dr. Robotnik's be- mean bean machine. Don't think I ever played that one. There's a reason. <laughs> because it's a video game called Dr. Robotnik's mean bean machine. Exactly. And there's just so many weird, like Sonic pinball. Like, <laughs> Okay, sure, why not? He does spin in a ball. Let's go with it. There's always, like, a pinball level in, like, every one of those games. There was the one on GameCube where Sonic is just, like, running around in a city, and I don't rem- I feel like I remember liking that one. Oh, was that that was one of the ones with Shadow, I think? Um, yeah, that's beyond my time. I think Knuckles was, was the last one on the GameCube. I dedicated to. Mm-hmm. Uh, good times, good times. Good times. I mean, I'm trying to remember. To, to, for me... The most thrilling thing was I played Sonic 2, I think, the most out of any of them. And you can get Super Sonic, where he turns into, like, this golden, unstoppable figure. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. That was such an accomplishment for me in my youth right there, (laughs) like, around, like, 10 years old or so. Like, such an accomplishment to get Super Sonic. Like, holy shit, man, I got Super Sonic. Because that game's a pain in the ass to collect all the the rings. In the 20 seconds since you mentioned Super Sonic, for a second I thought of Metal Sonic. Which, like, which I, for some reason, thought in my head was, like, an invincible version of Sonic. And then I was like, wait a minute, no, that's Metal Mario. And then I went and Googled Metal Sonic, and it turns out that's actually a real thing, too. But it doesn't look like that's the same that's the same you thing I was You have to fight him. Of. You have to fight the, the Metal Robot yeah, he is an Yeah, he's an antagonist. Game. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yes. As opposed to Metal Mario, who just, just runs through people. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And Metal Mario, of course, I think most people will be familiar with from Smash Brothers, where mm-hmm. he weighs an incredible amount and will sink very quickly in a jumping situation, but he's very strong. My That was my, very much my Achilles heel in him, in, in Smash, just jumping. Just wasn't good oh, at it's it. everybody's Achilles. Yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah, true. It, well, it's not everybody's, because the people that are good at it will kick your ass oh, in the yeah. game. But the people who aren't good at it, like you and I, yeah, to, I had to try and use I had to try and use Ness to um to you know shoot myself up using the thunder, which um it's which the hardest is, one, which is really hard. Yeah, pick a that, and then you have to shoot yourself in the ass with your own telekinetic blast. Which you want to talk about bizarre gaming choices, having to use a telekinetic blast and to shoot yourself in the butt to propel yourself in the air is a choice (sighs) Ah, the good old days the good old days now we received two unsolicited questions from kurt's tweet saying that we were going to be discussing sonic on the podcast tonight the first one comes from hockey panda on twitter james minger longtime friend of the show right here james wanted to know chili dogs overrated now, the context to this, Chili Dogs in the Sonic cartoon from the 90s is his favorite treat, which I assume if you have the metabolism of a Sonic the Hedgehog, you can process that much nitrate because a Chili Dog is maybe one of the heaviest things outside of a meat lover's pizza that you can consume. Also, probably something you can get at a Sonic restaurant. Oh, wow. 
well, wordplay. I, I, I'm I'm pro chili dogs. I like chili. It, it it is chilly. If you if you look outside the window right now, it is chilly season. Though granted, it was also like 55 degrees last week, so chilly season may only last a couple weeks. But it's chilly season, so I'm I'm pro chili dogs. Put that on anything, man. I'm pro chili dogs, but I will admit that it's perhaps one of the single most difficult things to eat conceptually. Yeah, because like. Chili just makes your hot dog buns so soggy and heavy. And Every part of it's got to work together. And like, yeah, if you get a normal hot dog bun, the thing's going to, it's going to. Just disintegrate. Then you can only put just a little bit of chili on it, which sometimes is all you need. But then, you know, then you, what are you doing? But then you end up eating your hot dog with like a fork and knife, like your your Mr. Pitt with the uh, Mr. Pitt with the Snickers bar. You know, like <laughs> that's not how it's intended to be eaten. This is a hand food right here, and the chili dog really does make it soggy and weird. But it is delicious, so I'm gonna say a little overrated, but delicious. I can I can accept it. Yeah, impractical but delicious. The other question comes from our own Ryan Gilbert, R. Gilbert SOP, the the tallest PSHer. Because I think he's even taller than if I could curt all my shoulders and our combined height. How many French Bulldogs for Ryan? Oh, Ryan's got to be at minimum like six. That's a lot French of French Bulldogs. bulldogs I would that think maybe right. seven. Seven French Bulldogs <laughs> all just wobbling on top of each other. And they're not going to be doing that for long because they're going to see treats anywhere. And the, the huddle will just break apart. They cannot yeah. resist treats. But Ryan had a great question here. Would you rather fight... One giant Sonic the Hedgehog or 30 to 50 feral hogs. I feel like I'd take my chances with the giant Sonic because like 30 to 50 feral hogs is just, that's too many hogs. Well, that's why you need a Sonic. Yeah, that's, no, that's, that's true. Do I get, we, <laughs> that's why guns say, are legal gun? in America is that the, the infamous 30 to 50 feral hogs. But also, I mean, if I punch is, Sonic yeah, once, he loses all his rings and then, you know, I just got to punch him again before he can get getting any of them back so i don't know maybe you just gotta just gotta That's hope you true. get it twice and i think being giant negates sonic speed because you know it, a lot of his speed is predicated on the fact that you know sonic's kind of small and he can kind of sneak around and everything and being that huge i don't think he's going to be able to move at those quicksilver type speeds around everybody so i'm taking the giant sonic because the 30 to 50 feral hogs terrifying yeah i i don't want to i don't want to fuck with any feral hogs those things are probably huge yeah, they're also probably pretty big. I don't know how big this giant Sonic is, but I don't know. It's it's all scary. It's a, it's a good question. Good question, Ryan. <laughs> it's, it's all scary. He's very about. real. It's a good question. It's very real things. Just the thought. One of these is incredibly real and actually like something that I might shit my pants mm-hmm. if I saw coming at me. And the other thing is just hilarious. Both, both very now, real things. It, unlike <laughs> the next thing on our God, I can't, I can't believe I yes, said that. But... but One last question on that. That's a great transition. That's a great transition. I respect the transition game. Okay, so what if the giant Sonic is the original movie design for Sonic? Uh, Because if if listeners don't remember, there was an initial trailer. Yes, there was a trailer released for Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie that came out a couple years ago. And the initial trailer got some of the most negative reaction I've ever seen because he was legitimately horrifying. This was an awful, awful character design. And they quickly changed it up to look exactly like the video game version. And I think it's one of those things that if Detective Pikachu hadn't just come out with a completely accurate Pikachu, 
then it wouldn't have been like, well, it probably still would have been poorly received, but not as poorly received, but there was just no excuse. And they quickly changed it and it looked fantastic. It looked perfect. The original design is awful. It's just way too humanized, way too like realistic eyes that you're, you're just like, Oh, why? So that one, I, I might, I might poop my pants a little bit if I thought the original movie design for Sonic. Why was he so furry? So furry. His eyes are just too human. Yeah, they, they didn't know what they wanted him to be. Maybe in part because he's, you know, not real. But um, <laughs> it, these eyes. I, I Googled this just to try and pull up. These eyes have seen a Googled lot of this to try and pull up a picture of the old one. And for some reason, all the tweets that were referenced in this article here are now gone, so I can't really see it. And I'm not going to read the whole thing because we're on a fucking podcast. But the, the headline is, Sonic the Hedgehog movie redesign, not part of a conspiracy, says artist. And now I kind of want to know what the conspiracy is. But again, I'm not going to sit here and read this whole article right now. And all the tweets are gone, so I don't have a TLDR version. But yeah, the original Sonic the Hedgehog uh-huh. does. Yeah, I don't. What is up with his face? It's just, it's so horrifying. It's just these human eyes and, like, doesn't he have, like, very, like, human yeah. teeth, too? Yeah. Ugh. No, thank you. Good Combination day, of, seems like a few different creatures here. <laughs> just a, a huge miscalculation, a huge mistake right there. And we're all the better for it no longer existing. And how. So, speaking of things that don't exist... <laughs> no, nah, I... I I was on mute trying to say that just now. <laughs> my, my opportunity for the transition was gone. Um, Your opportunity was gone, but we, you know, we can make a hard gear shift going from talking about these just completely imaginary, horrific things to this waking nightmare that we've been living in for nearly two years now. I can't believe I can't believe we're in the third year of this shit, man. I just it sucks so almost, much. Almost. Well, I guess we are. If, you include the original Chinese yeah. timeline right there. So that's, that's a good time right there. But yes, COVID-19 persists as we're all painfully aware. This is the world we live in. And the NHL has been uh, very adversely affected by it. And guys are getting a little fed up with it. And unfortunately, one of the guys most fed up for it happens to be the goaltender for your Philadelphia Hockey Flyers. Carter Hart, after the game against the Anaheim Ducks to conclude the Disney on Ice trip, had these quotes, and this is uh, per a number of reporters out there, so uh, I will just credit every reporter, but let's just credit Charlie, because Charlie's the best. It's tough, for sure. Guys are testing positive with no symptoms or mild symptoms. I mean, the league's got to find a way to change that. We're either going to keep playing shorthanded all season long, or games are going to keep getting postponed. I think it's a joke. It's got to change. Hmm. so so i get it carter i get it right like i get you're frustrated and i get it's frustrating to see guys that don't appear sick or just a little sick that can't play hockey but there seems to be this either misunderstanding or just complete lack of caring about the fact that mild symptoms or asymptomatic people can pass on covid and that keeps the virus out there and it gets it spreading which we're seeing it in every nhl locker room nba locker room NFL locker room, it's out there. It's really affecting stuff, especially the current Omicron variant. It's it's just awful. And it feels like there's only two options right now, right? Where you can just kind of say, fuck it, and just let them sort it out. Or you keep doing what you're doing and taking precautions and quarantining guys and do your best to actually contain this virus that is just 
fucking up the entire world for, as Kurt said, uh, about the third year now, just about. Yeah. So again, I I sympathize here. I understand. And like I, it was either JJ or Jonesy said on the broadcast last night, that being Tuesday night, uh, as we record that, like, it's frustrating for these guys who play through everything, like are playing through pain all the time. Like half of them are probably playing through injuries right now. And like, they will do anything to like, they'll play through whatever they have to sometimes to their own detriment to stay on the ice. And then they feel fine and they get told, no, you can't play. And like, I understand why that sucks. And it obviously sucks. And like, you know, we'll, we'll get to the specifics, but I mean, Ivan Provorov's, um, you know, career opening Ironman streak ending because of this just blows like that's, that's brutal, especially because it sounds like by all accounts, he's not particularly sick. And I also understand that, you know, by way of the NHL being a league where all but literally one active player is vaccinated, like the odds of guys getting really sick from this are slim, not non-existent, not non-existent, but slim. But the thing you have to remember is like, it's again, it's not a 0% chance. And as we've seen with this new variant, while while the vaccine does a, you know, it's better than it is absolutely unequivocally objectively better than nothing. It's definitely better than not getting it. And it makes, and having it makes it less likely that you will get it and spread it clearly with this new, this new variant is at least, even if it's preventing, or even if it's not really seriously infecting people who are, who are vaccinated, it's at least, you know, giving them the ability to get, you know, get infected, get a little bit sick and spread it. And you can't, and you can't have that, especially in a setting like hockey, it's an indoor game. It's, you know, a cold play, you know, in a cold arena, even if you set aside the fact like, yeah, and you'll hear a lot of people say, yeah, these are, you know, able-bodied men in their twenties and thirties. They're probably going to be fine. Even if we assume that to be true, which again is probably going to be true most of the time, but not in every case. And even if you, you know, ignore what you should not guys who have, you know, um, who are immunocompromised or dealing with the complicating factors. Like if anyone's, you know, dot or has, you know, diabetes or another disease or, you know, is coming back from recent cancer treatments. Even if you set that aside, which you shouldn't, but even if you do, there are a lot of people involved in the assembly of a hockey game, of any sports game, but of any of it, like of a hockey game. And not all of them are able-bodied men in their 20s and 30s. There are a lot of, you know, you know, coaches on the bench sometimes, you know, in their 40s, 50s, even older. Um, sometimes, you know, just people around the arena, may, who knows what complicating factors they may have. Um, not to mention the fans in the stands. And I mean, granted, tomorrow tomorrow's game will be the first game. Um, first flyers game where they will be actively enforcing a vaccination policy. And the hope is, you know, that puts everyone there at less risk, but you just don't know. And I mean, the idea that we should just let it spread unchecked seems it, it just doesn't, it, it's not right. It, it, I don't think it's right. I understand why they're frustrated. And like, they're saying, if we're not sick and guys aren't getting sick, who cares? But there's, there's more to it than that. Like you can't just let it spread. You can't run the risk of it spreading to people that can't protect themselves. And like, again, if these dudes are just sitting next to each other on the bench, like breathing, you know, breathing in each other's faces as they do. Cause you know, it's a hard sport. Breathe a lot, breathe on each other, sharing water bottles, all that. And maybe there's, maybe they're not sharing water bottles anymore. I don't know if they were able to stop. I would hope not, yeah, but you, you never, never know. know. You just don't want that happening. 
And um, I also forget, and no, you know, not no. not to you know really argue the minutia of Carter's point here because um, because I again I, I think it's just wrong. But correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that one or this might just be an NFL thing, but I believe that once players like test positive and then eventually you know test negative come off the list, I think they don't get tested again for a while. So ideally this is the worst of it for the flyers and i feel like about half the roster has ended up in protocols at some point which is unfortunate and you know fortunately it seems like no one's gotten really sick from it but yeah i mean hopefully this is the worst of it Get, games don't keep getting postponed um i mean it seems a little optimistic to say at this point that that isn't going to happen because who knows when this you know when this wave is going to subside when it'll end um you know done guessing when the pandemic's going to end because that's a fool's errand at this point. It absolutely is. And I I mean, the game tomorrow night, we're recording this on Wednesday, the Thursday game could even be postponed. We, we don't know because the flyers have a number of guys sick right now, or, you know, again, they're not necessarily showing symptoms, but they have COVID-19 and they have tested positive. And currently Claude Giroux, Ivan Provorov, Travis Sanheim and Travis Konechny, both the Travi are currently on COVID protocol, in COVID protocol, and Hazen Hart just got back from it, and yeah, it sucks, but as you said, Kurt, that's a great point. It's not just about the players. There's so many other people that are around them, trainers, staff, team employees, you know, and also these guys have families that they're going Mm -hmm. home to, and I'm sure they don't want to get them sick, and especially when you have young children that can't yet be vaccinated, and I, I know, you know, for the most part, Younger children also have not been highly affected, but you never want to run that risk if you can avoid it. No, that, that's right. I mean, you know, again, like it's, it's you know, I, I understand the frustration and I don't want to dump on them for it, but you got to consider the big picture here, I, I think. And like, and, and again, it fucking sucks for these guys. And like, they're trying to save their season. Like they want, you know, th- this is their livelihood. And like Carter Hart has made no secret about how, you know, how hard last season was on him and how the circumstances of last season affected him. And given how much better he's been this year, it seems like that's legit. But again, you want to be sympathetic. And like, I understand like he doesn't, they don't want to go back down this rabbit hole and like, they really want to turn their season around. And when these guys who seem like they're fine are missing, um, are missing games for what is not for an illness, for a disease that does not seem to be actively, you know, harming them. Yeah. That sucks, but you know, you you set aside a few games here and hope that you know, and just hope that that's the worst of it, and that guys are able to you know keep themselves safe and keep others safe, and hopefully you know at that point build up enough of an antibody resistance that they're going to be clear for the rest of the season. Yeah, on the one hand, it really sucks, but on the other hand, how many people have died at this point? You know, it's it's you know it, it's killed more than enough people that I. I, I think fears are warranted and that's where I'm not as sympathetic because it's, yeah. it's just, it's not about sports. It's about way more than that. And I get frustrated with the, you know, and not only this perspective from Hart and other athletes, like the Antonio Browns of the world, who clearly oh he's God. got some other issues going on beyond just whatever, but you know, that whole fake, vac- fake vaccination card thing was also just an uh, atrocity. But, you know, but he clearly needs some help, but we won't get into that because yeah. that's a whole can of worms right there. But the the thing about this is this is very much a public 
health issue. It is not just about sports. It cannot just be about sports. And it also has to be understanding from the fans and other people that guys are going to go through stuff because of this, and it's going to be tough. I mean, if we look over at the Sixers, right? Like, okay, most of the Flyers have not gotten seriously sick off of this, which is fantastic. I know some guys got sick last year. Scott Lawton had talked about some of his adversity coming back from that and the fatigue. Rasmus Ristolainen said, like, he was in a really bad spot after he got COVID, like, a few games into last year while he was in Buffalo. Like, he, he was pretty open about this. You want to talk about a big, strong guy, right? Like, yeah. you're not going to give shit to. Rasmus Ristolainen is as big and strong as they come. And Joel Embiid mm-hmm. over in the Sixers, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, but Embiid had COVID, and he said it was really scary. He said that it was a really difficult experience for him. He had it tough, and I believe Embiid was mm-hmm. vaccinated. He definitely it's, is, yeah. it's going to happen, and that's unfortunately the dice you're rolling, and these guys have to be active mm-hmm. in the world. So, you know, sympathy, empathy to Carter Hart for a frustrating situation, but also this is just how it's got to be, man. Mm-hmm. You can't just let it run rampant and just, you know, say fuck it at this point. You can't yeah. do that. And and I've seen, you know, some people say, well, why don't they just do something similar to what the NFL does, which is to say that if you're vaccinated and asymptomatic, you don't have mandated testing. And basically it seems like guys only get tested there by random, like by random draw more or less, or if they report symptoms or if they're unvaccinated. And I, I've seen some people say, why doesn't the NHL just do that? Um, I could guess a couple reasons. One, they've got a lot more border crossings and, you know, Canada's got more strict rules about this stuff than the U.S. does. Not complaining about that. I certainly am not complaining about that. You know, again, it's an indoor game where it seems like germs may more easily spread between players, between teams, between fans. Yeah, I mean, I'd be guessing. And there's probably something obvious that I'm missing here. But like it's but I get it like they they can they can see, you know, what what's happened in the NFL where teams or, you know, teams will put half their roster on the COVID list and they'll get them back in five days. If guys are, um, if guys aren't, uh, you know, if guys are, aren't showing symptoms and are vaccinated or you can be Kirk or you can be Kirk cousins and test positive two days before the biggest game. (laughs) Oh my God. Good old Kirk plexiglass cousins over there. I'd rather, I'd rather surround myself in plexiglass at all times than get a vaccine. Okay. Kirk. Okay. Kirk. I don't want to confuse a Kurt and a Kirk. We can't make that no. atrocity here. It's, you know, guys like that just piss me off. But I mean, it also just changed recently with the guideline where the CDC made it five days to get people back to work. But that's a whole other can of worms right there. It's yeah, we're, we're not doctors. You know, we're not doctors. We, we're, we're people with doctors. opinions. This is very important to know. Uh, but I'm not going to not going to talk like I'm a doctor, but I have an opinion. We're not doctors, but we listen to doctors, oh, wow. and I'll just put this out there, and oh wow, in case you were just curious about the asymptomatic people, this is per World Health Organization, the WHO guidance right here. Can people without symptoms transmit the virus? Yes. Infected people can transmit the virus both when they have symptoms and when they don't have symptoms. This is why it's important that all people who are infected are identified by testing, isolated, and depending on the severity of their disease, receive medical care. Even people confirmed to have COVID-19 who do not have symptoms should be isolated to limit their contacts with others. These measures break chains of transmission. And you want to talk about a chain of transmission? Look at the Flyers locker room for the past two weeks. Look at, I mean, again, two more people added to it today after getting added, after two more got added yesterday. And I think staff, and that's just players. I know that 
I think a staff member got added yesterday and another today. They didn't, they don't disclose the names there, but, um, but yeah, I mean, we've had how many guys end up on the list this year. I don't have the number in front of me, but um, again, it's just like six or seven in the last week or so. Um, Lawton was on there. A number, number of guys were on there. Yeah. It's, and you know, it makes, makes pulling a roster together harder, but that's, that's not the most important thing here. <sighs> no. No, it's not. And I, I know it's tough to tell hockey fans that it's not the most important thing, yeah. but it is not the most important thing. And especially hockey players, because as we have said, these are guys that are very much about like, I'll play on a broken leg if I have to, which is not advisable, mind you, but that's hockey grit and toughness. And they don't like being told, well, you're too sick to play when they don't feel right. sick. But that's, you know, them's the breaks, bud. Yeah. So, you know, hope again whatever my, my thoughts on all this are. And I think I've made them pretty clear. Hopefully, um, you know, hopefully guys get off the list soon. And, you know, well, first of all, first and foremost, hopefully they stay healthy. Nothing bad comes of it. And, you know, anyone they've come in contact with doesn't get sick. Hope, you know, hopefully anyone they've been in close contact with is vaccinated. Please get your vaccines, guys. Uh, get your boosters, do all the good stuff. And on that note, also remember that the Wells Fargo Center, as of, as of Thursday, Thursday night's game against the Penguins, yeah, they are, you have to show your vaccination status to get in your vaccination card. So bring your fat. All you need is a picture, bud. Okay. You don't need to bring the whole card. You can bring the card or, or a picture of the card along with your ID. Yes. Yes. I recommend bringing a picture. So nothing happens to the card. You just keep it at home. Favorite the picture on your phone. So it's nice and easy to find. Okay. One of the first ones that comes up, if you favorite it, like you got a whole folder right there for favorites. So favorite the picture. Hell, Make it your lock screen if you're so concerned, right? It's it it's really so get, just take a picture. It, you know, of it. That's all you need. It's really great. It, it's really and great that our vaccination cards are pieces of paper that are you know are don't fit in a wallet, can easily get lost, and you know not that anyone should be doing this, and anyone who does this is an awful person, and hopefully gets caught, but are fakeable. Like it's real, real, real fucking great job by whoever made that decision. Don't fake your fucking vaccine cards. Don't fake your fucking vaccine. And don't lose them. Don't lose them. Apparently, if you lose it, you can get a replacement. But yeah, again, just just take it. Just keep it somewhere safe at home. Take the picture. We all have these mobile devices. We all have cameras with us at all times. Technology's wild. Take a picture. Bring your ID. Show them those things. You can go in. Okay? Get vaccinated. Wear the damn mask. Wash your damn hands. All that fun Mm -hmm. stuff. Oh, I'm starting to get worked up. George is upset about COVID-19 protocols, but not about the protocols, about the people that aren't helping us move past COVID-19. But anyway, I digress. I digress. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. 
Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Now, the question might be for Flyers fans who have been lamenting this team for the longest time. Who's got it worse than us? This was another thing that came up in the Slack today, because if you listen to Flyers fans from the past decade or so, you would think this is the literal worst team in the NHL over that time period, right? Like, I have been podcasting for a decade, and you would think the Flyers were the worst team in the NHL during that decade. The truth of the matter is they've been very mediocre, which is frustrating in its own respect. But Tom... Really brought up a good point here. Tom brought up a good point where he actually said, look, I can think of at least 11 teams worse off than the Flyers. So that's a little bit of comfort. And I want to stress here. So Tom, um, who's a who's a disgusting, horrible Devils fan. Just kidding. He's not actually a Devils fan. Um, You know, he read Tom Williams, director of Broad Street Hockey. I believe he said he used to be a Leafs fan, but he writes about a few different teams. So he, you know probably has some light loyalties, but he is not he is not what you would call like a Flyers fan whose judgment here is clouded. So, you know, we were talking about this and he basically said, also, I bet I could come up with 10 teams who are in worse long-term situations than the Flyers. And yeah, I mean, it, it to to push on what you said a little bit here, it's it's one thing to be a mediocre team, but you know, sometimes being a mediocre team is really bad. Like you could argue there are bad teams that might be in a better long-term position. If you think the Flyers have sort of capped out where they are, can't really get any better and don't have a good way to get either better or worse, which would, you know, lead them to draft picks. But um, I think the list that, you know, I think the list that Tom put together here shows that there are a lot of teams that are in similar situations. And that's not to say that you shouldn't feel shitty about where the Flyers are given that they're, you know, not playing particularly well. And, you know, it it seems like the path for them to get meaningfully better in the near future is probably, you know, narrowing. But, um, but yeah, the list here is, it's an interesting list is it's a mix of teams that have just been at the bottom for a while. And then teams that are probably in a pretty similar spot to the flyers. So I'll I'll read this list here. So Tom, so Tom, again, relatively neutral fan his list of teams that are worse off than the flyers uh, includes the Sabres senators, Hawks, coyotes, Kraken Islanders, devils, Habs, Canucks, sharks, and maybe the stars. So yeah, none of those teams are in a particularly good situation. I mean, 
I think if you, you know, if you take them and the Flyers, you've basically got 12 of the 16 teams that aren't going to make the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's true, though, that, you know, all those teams, I would agree, are in worse situations. I think the only ones you could really argue with are maybe, maybe the Devils, Canucks, or Islanders. And that's, you'd have to argue pretty hard for any of those. Well, so, so I think, I think it's tough to say how many are like definitively worse, but I think a lot of them are in comparable situations to the Flyers. Like the Islanders, granted, you know, they've had a better past couple of years, but this was sort of supposed to be their year. And granted, they've, you know, had bad luck in, you know, their, their on ice metrics aren't, you know, sterling, but they've also just had, you know, pretty terrible shooting and goaltending luck, bad, like bad circumstance, and that their whole first month of the season was spent on the road. But this was sort of supposed to be their year, and it just wasn't. And the thing is, that team doesn't have a great prospect base. You know, their their best players are sort of in, like, a win-now mode right now. Their cap situation isn't great. Like, yeah, they're, again, sounds sound like any team you know. And they're, yeah, it's it's just very clearly not their year. But you don't know, but you may not know how they're going to get another one is the thing with them. So, like, teams like that, so, like, them, the Blackhawks, you know, had a, kind of similar they're in a very similar situation in the flyers and that they you know made a, a couple big all-in moves this past offseason seth jones trade you and i have talked about before Seth Jones trade an extension to be clear um you know getting arc andre flurry things like that that was such a fun reaction at the draft party seeing that seth jones trade go down and go he got how much <sighs> i don't remember the summer but yeah, he, so, and they, you know, obviously were terrible, like setting aside off ice stuff, which is also obviously just horrible, but not really within the scope of this conversation. You know, they started the year terribly, fired everybody, some, again, some for off ice reasons, but they fired the coach for what appeared to be on ice reasons. And they are, you know, they've got their stars who helped them win cups that are still sitting around. And, you know, they, they don't have a great path to bottoming out but they're not nearly good enough to actually do anything. Um, so you've got them conductor in a similar boat and granted they've been better since they got Boudreaux, but I still, you know, that's probably going to wear off and the, the hab sort of similar situation. Obviously they went on a run last year, but they, you know, they've got a bunch of old players who are injured and they don't really have much behind them. And then you've got the teams that are bad, like actively objectively bad. And then it gets to the question of, would you rather be those long-term? Would you rather be those teams who probably have as much of a chance to accomplish anything as the, this year as the Flyers do, but may have the flexibility to dig their way out of it sooner? So, like, you get to the Sabres, and, like, I'll, I'll, I'll put my foot down on this because the Sabres, you know, yes, they've in theory got some good young prospects, but they've been doing this for a decade. They don't deserve the benefit of the doubt until they've shown they can actually win something. Foot down there, end of story. You know, you've got the Senators who... Or, you know, this was supposed to be the, the year that you started to see their rebuild, um, their rebuild turn into something and they're terrible. And also Eugene Melnick is their owner. So, no, I'd rather be the Flyers than the Senators, no matter how many good prospects they have. Um, the Coyotes, they are very much bottoming out. And I can see the argument for like, yeah, I'd rather, you know, I want to bottom out, like be in a situation where they're going to get a good prospect. But also they have like, you know, in addition to all the office stability there or instability there, like. There's just so much that is needed there. They almost got locked out of their own building by their landlord. And yeah. Um, and then you've got the Kraken who, who's, it seems like exclusive goal was to set themselves up with long-term flexibility uh, at the expense of making a good hockey team. And maybe that was the point. 
But um, but yeah, so Oof, that's a rough team. Interesting mix of teams that Tom listed here. Again, they're pretty much all either teams in similar situations to the Flyers in that they're mediocre, capped out, and you know it's going to be tough for them to really move either upwards or downwards, or teams that are abjectly bad but have some semblance of a future if you squint hard enough. But, you know, the fact those teams are on the list, it, you know, goes to show just because you're bad doesn't mean you're eventually going to be good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, to go back to the Sixers again, the process did not look like it was going to bear fruit for a long time. And we're even seeing some problem with some of the fruit it did bear right now, Ben Simmons. But, you know, the fact that you did get Joel Embiid, who was a, a game changing player out of it, made it work. But. The process took forever, and again, you got two star players out of it, but one of them can't shoot the damn ball, and it's a huge problem. Or look at the Sabres, where they got Jack Eichel, who was that game-changing franchise player, and it was a complete disaster for them, and now he's in Vegas. Yeah, and you know, to that point, if you suck long enough, eventually you've got to prove that you don't suck. Like, you know, the Sixers truly bottomed out for three years. And like, I don't want to, we're not going to do a whole process discussion here because if you really look at it at the end of the day, the process cranked out, like in terms of guys that have helped turn the Sixers into who they are today, it's really cranked out two guys, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. And, you know, Ben Simmons, we know what the issues are there. And granted, part of why you do the process is to get Joel Embiid, but they didn't really get anything else out of it. And then, you know, I'm not going to get in that conversation right now. It's just going just gonna to make me but sad. Anyway, the process is a... a- it's a long and arduous process. It is something that you have to have a lot of dedication and a lot of patience for. And also the Sixers, what was the infamous one where a couple of the, the guys on Twitter uh, bought the row of tickets for, four for cents. like 10 yeah. bucks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the Flyers ain't going to stand for that shit. That's not going to happen under anybody's no. watch. And, you know, I think that's where like the ghost of Ed Snyder comes down and starts like screaming mm-hmm. at people, even though I know a, a Big chunk of his fan base really wants that to happen just in general. Yeah. But and to be clear, if if happen. the right path is to rebuild, like to really like tear it down and start over in a way that Ron Hextall half assed in a way that didn't really make the team that as we can see now hasn't really set the term up, team up for long term success. If that's the right path, they, they should the do it, but they're probably not going to. And it, maybe maybe if maybe they could, depending on how the rest of the season goes, but I don't think they're, they're not going to go process Sixers. We have no reason to believe they're going to do that yet. The only thing that the flyers could do to really like blow somebody away is they would need to clean an incredible amount of cast space out for the next time. Like a huge free agent is coming up the next time, like a Panarin's Mm -hmm. out there and blow somebody away with an offer. And that's not to do the whole, like, nobody wants to come to Philadelphia. But the thing is, Philadelphia usually doesn't have the cap space to attract anybody. So you would need to clean house in such a monumental way. And interestingly, the one guy right now that you could easily clear a good amount of cap space on is perhaps the most beloved and currently efficient flyer out there. And that would be one... Claude Giroux, Claude Giroux and his mediocre Philadelphia Flyers from the past decade. Uh, you know, we're, we're coming closer to the trade deadline and this makes me incredibly sad, but 
I don't think this is going to happen. I don't think there's any way the Flyers trade Claude Giroux. I think they're going to do everything they can to bring him back. He is an all-time Flyer. He is a great captain of this team. And the fact that he is where he is in the records really says a lot about the kind of player that he is. But regardless, the question is, if you had to make the decision, if you had to make the decision tomorrow, would you trade one Claude Giroux? Mind you, Claude Giroux leads the Flyers in points with 29, assists with 18, and is second on the team in goals with 11. Is this even a hockey team without Claude Giroux? He is your best asset for sure, and this team will probably suck ass without him. Yeah, I mean, I hate to pun on the question here, but it ultimately doesn't matter because it 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 comes down to what he wants. And like again, that's that's a cop out, but he he has a no movement clause. When he's been asked about it in the past, heck, he was asked about it less than a year ago, like after last season, and he said, "I want to be here." And you know, maybe that was just given lip service, and he changed his mind right now, but. It seems like he wants to be here and like the fly and if the flyers go to him and say, Hey buddy, we want to trade. And it comes down to if flyers go to him and say, Hey, we want to trade you. And he says, no, thank you. Um, then they're not going to try and force him out. On the other hand, if they've gotten a single indication that he is going to leave this off season, then they have to try, like they have to try and trade him. And, you know, hopefully everyone's being honest with one another there. Because if he's thinking about leaving, I don't think he'd want to screw the franchise over. I think he'd say, hey, I don't think I'm going to hang around this, you know, after this year, at which point you start looking for another team. And, you know, who knows how high the um, how, you know, how much you get for him right now. Prices go up as you get closer to the deadline. But, yeah, I mean, it's again, it's it's a cop out answer, but it entirely depends on what he wants to do. And I mean, it seems like every time we see him, the life is getting sucked out of him a little bit more. I know, I feel bad. I want to free Claude Drew in a lot of ways. Like, I, I feel bad mm-hmm. for the guy, and I really do think he deserves a proper cup shot. I want it to be here, but we've got a couple factors that that play against that, one of which is the Sean Couturier contract kicks in mm-hmm. next year. So Sean Couturier goes from making a wonderful 4.3 mil to a heftier 7.75 mil, which, mind you, is still a very good deal for, I would say, the best player on the team. Although Claude Giroux has been the best player this season. It's been a bit of a down year for uh, Sean Couturier versus the usual standards we have for him. Uh, Not to say he's been bad, but it's, you know, I have very high expectations for Sean Couturier, and I think he's been uh, not quite up to the lofty expectations for him. So. You've got a lot of cap space right now tied up for next year and not a lot of cap space to to re-sign Claude Giroux. And right now, you know, I don't know how long of a contract he would demand. I would hope like in the three to four year range. But Claude Giroux has every right to demand at least six to seven million per year, if not more. He turns 34 next week, so he would not be subject to the rules of a 35 plus contract. Not that those matter that much they would only really matter if he decides to retire early which doesn't seem like something he'd do but um yeah i i I don't know like if he if he leaves the flyers i i wonder what he'd do and then you know i guess if he doesn't i mean i think if he stay if he stays here i think he'd probably commit to a long not like a long-term deal but something you know has at least a little bit of length to it like something to take him through what we would presume would be the rest of his career because, yeah, yeah, if he stays here right now, it's because he says, you know, I, I love it here. And it seems like by all accounts, you know, he and his wife love being in Philadelphia. Like if he doesn't announce because he wants to be here for the rest, of, he wants to be in Philadelphia for the rest of his career. So like 
it's either he'll sign that deal or he'll go ring chasing for a few years. And also, you know, you always see people say things like, well, the Flyers could trade him and get him back in the offseason. Probably not going to happen. Like, it just doesn't seem like something that'll happen. I feel like once you've sort of cut that cord, it's hard to reattack it. Oh, for sure. You you rarely see that happen. That's not really a scenario that happens very often. I guess the thing is, are we emotionally ready as Flyers fans to potentially say goodbye to Claude Giroux? It's painful to think about, but as we see this team continue to be mediocre, and they're, it's not out of the realm that they could make the playoffs, frankly. You know, they are... It is unlikely, but stranger things have happened. It is unlikely. Stranger things have happened... There's plenty of hockey luck to play, to be honest. It's unlikely, but it could happen. It could very well happen. They're currently four points out from Boston, but Boston's got four games in hand on the Flyers Mm -hmm. right now. So that's where they're at. And Pittsburgh, they're nine points behind. And Pittsburgh's got two games in hand. So that's... Fighting Mark Donks. Yikes. Those Mark Donks are kicking some ass against the Blues tonight. I turned on the game. It was three to two Blues. And now it's... Four to yeah. three Penguins and uh, the Flyers play tomorrow. The King Donk himself, Evan Rodriguez, with the the Z, scored. Oh my god, that name that name drives me nuts because it, I just want to correct it. I just want to cross out the S and change it to a Z. It's just it drives me insane. Wait, well, one more one more Claude Giroux thought before we before we move on here. It's so funny, and if you didn't see this, um, so obviously it is not funny that he got. It is obviously not funny that Claude Drew tested positive for COVID, and it seems like he is asymptomatic and mostly okay. It was very funny last night when his wife put something out on, I think it was Instagram, saying that um because he was stuck in his hotel room in Anaheim, and apparently the hotel room in Anaheim doesn't have the channel where the Ducks watch their games, and because ESPN Plus is blacked out there, um, Claude Drew was unable to watch last night's Flyers game from his hotel room. <laughs> See, a good captain would have found a way to find an illegal stream. I assume someone, I think someone on Reddit hooked him up with an illegal stream. That's hilarious. That is, I saw the picture of that where he's just like looking befuddled over it. And it's so funny. I, yeah, I feel for you, my captain. I think a lot of people that have been watching hockey this year can sympathize because they they don't have the usual NHL TV path, which did have blackouts, mind you. But it's been a little bit more confusing this year. ESPN Plus has most of the games, but not all of the games. And by the way, a reminder for tomorrow night's game. Tomorrow night's game is an ESPN Plus slash Hulu game, okay? So it's not going to be on NBC Sports Philly or anything. ESPN Plus and Hulu, very important to note. Hulu has live sports. Oh, wow. So that'll, yes, it dropped a lot of wows in this one, but I'm I'm supportive. So enjoy that. Um, is that a is it is it like I forget how the last one of these works? Is it an ESPN broadcast? Like we get ESPN people doing it? It's a great question. Well, I think we were supposed to have I think we were supposed to have one of those last week or the week before, and that game got postponed. Yeah, the Capitals game. Yeah, the one that got canceled. So I don't know. Let me see here, I think I saw a tweet about this. Um, but yeah. But I would presume, because, like, who does Hulu have? The the best was still, like, people might compare this to when the Phillies had Facebook broadcast a couple years ago, but it's not that, because ESPN Plus and Hulu broadcast games all the time. But, like, when the Phillies had games on Facebook, like, two years ago, it was just such a production nightmare, especially for somebody like me, who used to work mm-hmm. MLB TV and NHL TV, to watch for specific uh, production errors and issues, like uh, pixelation and... And, you know, hit hits a black, like, you know, black screens and stuff like that. And 
to just see that janky ass Facebook setup and the fact that you could only watch it on a web browser was insane to me. Just terrible, terrible idea by MLB back there. So at least they're not doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, ESPN say what you will about them. They seem to put forth a decent set of broadcasts. The worldwide leader, baby. Enjoy that. I, I, I'm going to guess uh, for some reason I'm having trouble finding this tweet that I saw earlier about it, but I think that it'll be like an ESPN broadcast. So hopefully that's interesting. I feel like I've seen many yeah, of those yeah. yet, but yeah, uh, enjoy the game. Uh, it's a Flyers game. You probably won't. It's Flyers Penguins game. It seems very likely you won't, but no, I'm not looking forward to Flyers Penguins game without Claude Giroux, say- Ivan Provorov, Travis Konechny, Travis Sanheim. Um, Bet the over is what you're saying. Other guys who I'm forgetting. Yeah, bet the over on <laughs> bet the over on the Penguins goals. <laughs> Whew, not great, but it, it, here's the the Flyers might lose tomorrow night, right? But they've already won the Battle of Pennsylvania, at least according to hockey Hell reference. Yes. Because according to this hockey reference tweet the other day, the most searched for player on hockey reference in Pennsylvania is Claude Giroux. This was a, this was a cool little graphic that they put out there. Yeah, I, I I often find these maps to be bullshit, and for all I know, this one is. But I, I don't know. I I, I trust that I trust the sports reference websites with my life, so I'm gonna assume it's real. Yeah, well, it's got to be based on like actual data that they're getting. Where I always question, yeah, yeah, like the ones that say like, "What candy does every state like for Halloween?" Like those seem. Oh, Pennsylvania likes uh candy corns. I don't think like so. Orange Tic Tacs. How about a good old fashioned Mars bar? <laughs> like you, you always look at those. Like oh, on Thanksgiving, Pennsylvanians like to have burnt yams. Uh, no. Yeah. No. Now, this map here has, you know, enough weird stuff that's fun, but enough normal looking stuff that you say, yeah, that's probably tracks. Oh, yeah. Gretzky was like number one in, yeah, I think, in like, 90%. Looks like about a dozen yeah, states not here. Not 90%, yeah. but a lot of it was Gretzky, which makes sense. So Claude Giroux being, you know, being the victor of Pennsylvania is obviously, you know, great for us, great for our, or the Flyers, great for their brand. Big victory here for the Flyers, though. Travis Konechny, huge in Delaware. The jerk store is open, and it ain't taking tax. A no, I couldn't believe that. I looked down. I'm like, what is TK? Business Maven Travis Konechny setting up shop in Delaware. Hey, number one in Delaware. How about that? The tax-free jerk store, baby. I love that. Mm -hmm. The my favorite one on this entire map. My favorite one. Where are you going? No sense to me. And it was former Flyers goaltender and GM Ron Hextall. Ronald Hextall, number one in. Louisiana. Louisiana, baby. Oh, New Orleans loves some Ron Hextall. Nothing screams Mardi Gras <laughs> like Ron Hextall smacking someone in the face with his waffle board. Um, I, I need I need to know what went into this. I, I need to know how like how that happened. Like, has Ron gone down? Is he is he just like number one at Jazz Fest? Like, is does he have a Ron Swanson, like Duke Silver alter ego that they only know about in New Orleans? <laughs> I don't know, but I'd I'd love to find they out. They both have famous mustaches. I I, go, I googled Ron Hextall, Louisiana, and I'm not not seeing anything, guys. <laughs> Born on the bayou. I don't understand Ron Hextall, Louisiana, at all. Let's see, Yarmir Yager, big in Alabama. Um, that's Alabama. Right? Yeah, I always get Alabama and Mississippi confused. They love salutes. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's true. Did I spy Patrick Line was number one in New Mexico? 
Um, that's correct. Yeah, I wonder what that's all about. That's strange. Do they love cave trolls in New Mexico? I don't know. Okay, wait. He played in Winnipeg and then Columbus. Also, it's a little funny that this map still has Patrick Line in a Jets, what appears to be a Jets sweater. He's been with Columbus for like two seasons now. Big drill fans in New Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see here. Crosby does not win Pennsylvania, but he can have Arizona, it turns out. So when, when the Coyotes have to get rid of their arena, he can have it. I, I can't believe it wasn't Austin Matthews. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Yeah, that seems like, you know, isn't he from there? He's from there, but... Sean Couturier is from there, too. Here's the problem. What the hell is this here's crap? Here's the problem. Coyotes fans have no idea what hockey is, though, as you can tell by arena <laughs> attendance. I mean, you would think it would at least be like Phil Kessel or something, but, you know. Yeah. Maybe they don't need enough hot dogs. I don't know. Yeah. Leon Dreisaitl, huge in Idaho. Oh, well, um, you know, it is known. Maybe that's just because it's close to Alberta, I guess. Um, other, other fun ones here. Matt Duchesne and, um, uh, that's Nebraska. Big in Nebraska, huh? It is not. Uh, that's real interesting. Yeah. My favorite, well, not my favorite, but I very much enjoyed that Andre Vasilevsky was number one in Alaska. <laughs> I mean, you... which is funny because they're actual hockey players come, that come from Alaska. I know. I've seen mystery Alaska. It's true. Here's the thing. You can see <laughs> Russia. Matt Carl is from Alaska. You can see Russia from your house in Alaska. Mm, that's a good point. That's a, good point. That's a real thing someone said that's once. A real thing somebody <laughs> who dropped a puck <laughs> so funny at a that... Flyers game said once. It's so fu- well, it's so funny that she never actually said that, but we've all just decided that she did because is that right? Um, yeah, Did no. Tina Fey say Tina Fey made people believe that she said that. Well, Tina Fey and, is, um, you know, that's that's Delco's finest right there. From here, from here, from here. legitimately. Hell yeah! It, watching that game last night from Anaheim, it was wild how many people they have that are from here, even though they don't have Bobby Cherry Hill native Bobby Ryan anymore. They still have guys who are from here. They had a guy named Buddy who's from a Belmar Township, and it's like, what? Why don't why don't we have a Buddy who's from Belmar Township? You know? And then I was like, oh well, he's an adult. He's an adult male named Buddy. Um, if anyone who knows the adult male named Buddy from Belmar Township and is listening to this podcast, I apologize. Adult male named buddy and it's no longer 1955 at a sock hop and he's not an elf not an elf no the most famous buddy of all uh, how about christopher Latang being number one in hawaii doc aloha doc I mean, yeah christopher Latang that... hangs 10 he rides the waves doc i wonder how many people in hawaii looked at chris Latang's um hockey reference page maybe like four people you think that led to him but why though you do wonder what you really wonder what some of these did like a local news article link to it or something and then i don't know it it, it could come from anywhere i guess it could there's no way to tell another it, it, actually, this i have actually no, idea. no way to tell yeah unless we get like i don't know the guy who did the research on hockey reference on the podcast to break down his algorithms for us there's no way to tell and um, I ain't got time for that. No, that, that's too much effort. Boone Jenner, huge no. in Montana, uh, which sounds sounds right. Fake. Birthday. I noticed that one, and I guess if your name's Boone, that's like that checks out. I always wanted to see Montana. Oh, uh, I looked at Canada for a second, and I for some reason thought that where Carey Price was was Ontario, but no, that's Quebec. So that actually makes sense. Um, no, the Canada map actually kind of makes some sense. Oh, the Canada map made perfect yeah, sense. Yeah, to yeah, me, got Carey Price for Quebec, Austin one Matthews area. for Ontario, Pierre Luc Dubois in Manitoba, and then Connor McDavid for all of Western Canada. Except for none of it, Sydney Cro- or none of it loves them. Some Sydney Crosby, also not a real. I was a little surprised by Pierre Luc Dubois 
being such a, a big presence up there. Yeah. He plays there. It's always easy to forget the Winnipeg Jets exist. I know, but just like of all the players, right? <laughs> yeah, because they've they have a lot of guys who have been there like a long time. Though I guess well, I guess, I guess to play devil's advocate here, if they recently traded for him, which they did like last year, then maybe people mm. are looking at his page. He's like, oh, who's the new guy? Eh? Now, okay, the one that got me in Canada was, <laughs> I don't know the province because I don't fucking know Canadian provinces. Sorry, not sorry to our Canadian listeners, but Pavel Dimitra. Yep. Pavel Dimitra. I think the Northwest Territory is here. Yeah. This, this, one, there might also, the this players, one there might actually be no way to know. Um, no, that is the, nor- the, that is the Northwest Territories. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know it. I don't know what he's done up there unless he's like from there, which I mean, I don't believe he is. <laughs> yeah i i that one he's just no he's from slovakia completely stumped me there i do also like that mark andre Fleury takes both uh nevada and utah mm-hmm. and dry in idaho yeah uh yeah that, that one's bizarre to me um let's see what other from kevin Lowe, huge in wisconsin that's I, I i couldn't explain that one why Kevin Lowe is the most looked up right now in whenever the time frame here was taken, I I truly have no idea what could lead to that. Low, 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 low. Yeah. yeah. What's Laner? What map? state is Laner? Uh, that's Mississippi. Mississippi. Is Robin, like, well, I, okay, I actually don't know anything about Robin Laner besides, you know. The whole thing. The whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why he's huge in Mississippi. Um, but yeah, I mean, other, I feel like we've singled out most of the weird ones. I feel like the rest of them largely make sense. It's a little funny that Wayne Gretzky is the most popular in Colorado, but Nathan McKinnon is pop, the most popular in all the states around Colorado. <laughs> a little funny. And Taylor Hall is the most popular in, is that Massachusetts? That's That's Massachusetts. So again, like maybe that's all the Bruins. Maybe that's like the whole Bergeron, they recently got him thing, and people want to know more about this man, though. But Bergeron takes Maine, yeah, and Tuka Rask takes who isn't uh, even is playing that, hockey right now. Is that, which state is that's that? That's Vermont. Like, that one's Vermont. Vermont. I always remember. I, I, I one of the only important things I well no calling this important is a stretch, but in school you learned that Vermont is the one that's shaped like a V, and New Hampshire is the one that doesn't. Oh, wow, that doesn't. Huh? That isn't. I just learned something. Wow. Oh, wow. This is the Owen Wilson podcast today. <laughs> we really doubled down on it, but no regrets there. No regrets there. But an interesting map. I, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed seeing, you know, Matt Duchesne and Boone Jenner, all the most important hockey players out there. <laughs> most important Blue Jackets. Jesus. Oh, the Blue Jackets, a, a long and storied history right there. Ain't that. Almost as long and storied of a history as Nickelback interacting with hockey players okay so i didn't actually look at this picture yet it's it's the last thing on the outline i'm gonna click on it right oh, now because i haven't i am excited hey Kurt, oh wait oh look yeah. at this photograph <laughs> okay i do remember seeing this a couple days ago but i don't remember why but yes no no that's uh that's um how old is this picture i guess uh, the, i mean it's the gotta guys, be from well the the like, guy on the left is wearing an 06 on his jersey so it's probably from 2006 give or take yeah the year 2006. Um, yeah, I, yeah, and that's a Gretzky in a coaching position, right? Is he coach at that point? I believe so. 
Yeah. Look at this photograph. That was a, a good hockey news tweet right there. Even though it's got the Shutterstock like logo all over it, the watermark. <laughs> I love but those. It's, yeah, I he mean, was he was the co- he was their coach at that point. So yeah. That okay. Out. Okay. Just like the, the Nickelback guy, I think is that Chad Kroger yep. is the Nickelback guy. Yeah. I, it just anytime you know Canadian. <laughs> there's one thing I know, Kurt. Canadians love Nickelback. Ah, uh, that's what I always hear about Canadians. Am I right, people? Every time, but I, I mean, just I, I, I saw that. And my first thought, besides this is hilarious because Nickelback is hilarious, is number one, I think back to when I saw, had to see Nickelback at a Y100 Feastable back in the day, and Chad Kroger kicked a guy out of the crowd who was booing him. He's like, you don't like Nickelback, you can leave! And he was wearing a cowboy hat and shit. It was amazing. Well, remember, after it was like the week after that wild Flyers-Penguin series in 2012 uh, that the Flyers won, of course. Uh, Claude Giroux was pictured at a Nickelback concert like the week after that. And there that's what I was going to bring up. That was the other unconfirmed. There's unconfirmed speculation that that moment may have been the one that broke the flyers and put them on the path they've been on for the decade since Uh, many people. Many people are saying this. Many people are saying this. Wasn't the whole team there, though? Like, (laughs) I I know Scott Hartnell was there. I don't remember how many of them were there. It's just Giroux was the one who had the T-shirt gun. Well, I think Hartsey had it too. Did he? I, I'm gonna look this I believe, up. Yep, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh man, here's an old Reddit thread on this right here. And uh, okay, so it was in Reddit, Reddit hockey. Second Nickelback song of the Penns Flyers pregame. What is with the NHL and that despicable band? Oh, that didn't even have the players on it. But <laughs> yeah, there. Find it. There's oh, Steve Hartnell. Um, holding holding it up. Uh, we got a. Uh, let's see. There's Claude Giroux. Uh, a couple pictures of Claude Drew with the t-shirt gun. I swear to God, there's a couple other guys there. Who is it? This is our investigative report here. Let's see, looking looking through the 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 Google image search here. Um, I don't have. Let's I, see, we got. I'm not seeing many more. I, I am Puck getting Daddy mul- article. I'm getting multiple returns. So we have an old Puck Daddy article from noted Devils fan Greg Wyshynski, now with ESPN. That says Philadelphia Flyers fire T-shirt cannons with Nickelback as if they couldn't get any cooler. Well, on that note, and in, in looking through the Google image search results here, I'm not seeing many more photos of Claude Drew at the Nickelback concert, but there are multiple photos of him playing beer pong with a, with a, his wrist taped up, which is just iconic photograph that will iconic. When people question Claude Giroux's will to win, just just think, just remember that moment. Just remember that moment, okay? Okay, Kurt, I have the names of the other two Flyers who attended the Nickelback concert, okay? Oh, boy. So, I, I want you to guess who they are, and I will give you one clue. Okay. One is a forward, and one's a defenseman. Okay. Um, I, I also just saw a YouTube video that says Nickelback brings... Oh, um, oh well, okay, so I got I got a spoiler for the forward here in, um, in the, the this YouTube video description for Nickelback brings out Flyers players to throw stuff at crowd. <laughs> <laughs> uh max talbot is the forward max talbot maxime talbot himself i would not have guessed that though no not i that's probably because i i think i've managed to erase max talbot's existence from my memory look at this shitty tat um a defenseman okay who are the defensemen on that team um oh my god they were so bad uh, i assume chris pronger was not there because that would have was not chris pronger that would that would not have been good for his um for his, you know, concu- his post-concussion uh, time. 
uh, because it was Nickelback. Uh, oh, sorry, I should make that joke. Just wouldn't be good for anybody. Doesn't time. seem like Chemo Teamanen's scene. No, not Chemo Teamanen. Let's see here. Was it Brayton Coburn? No, but you're so close. Am I? Um, you're so close. Is it Matt, is it, is it Matt Carl? It's Matt Carl. Hey, Matt Carl. yeah, that actually checks it. But he's not a Canadian. I mean, he's from Australia. Australia, Jesus Christ, Alaska, holy shit! Oh, so why isn't Matt Carl number one in Alaska? Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. Like, yeah, they've had players from Alaska, like Brandon Dubinsky, the wor- the worst person on earth. He's he's definitely not the worst person on earth. I just don't like him very much. He's from Alaska. Um, <laughs> Nate Thompson, um, Flyers Twitter's favorite or least favorite player, depending on who the person is. There's no real middle ground here. Nate Thompson's from Alaska. Yeah, it's How about that. Yeah, I think he's from. I think. Um, no, he's from Anchorage. No, he's he's from there. He looks like it. Yeah, yeah. Like he looks like somebody that you would see in a blizzard that is coming to help you, like get your car out of a ditch. <laughs> he seems like a good dude, though. You know, there was that's what there that's was what the a good thing. dude does. There was the whole <laughs> thing. Who else? I'm looking at the list of ice hockey players from Anchorage, Alaska. Um, Scott Gomez. Scott Gomez. Scott Gomez. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I remember that. Uh, real quick, can we discuss Hartsey's shirt at the Nickelback concert? The one with the sunglasses, and was that a? I got to dig it back up. Cat. Was that a cat? Okay, yeah. It's a cat with 3D glasses on, so it's got like the right side is blue and the left side is red. Yeah, he was. He might have been tripping. <laughs> it looks like he's having a good time in this picture. That's for sure. Might have been tripping. Good for him. Look at this 3D cat. <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> what a way. To, what a final topic of the night. It, you know, Nickelback. Yeah, we're not. I don't Flyers, think we're topping that. And Wayne Gretzky and and noted Devils fan Greg Wyshynski and all the great stuff in the world. And Maxime Talbot, a flyer who is a trivia question at best <laughs> at best. Yeah, we're, we're, I don't think we're doing better than that. Who was Maxime's Tal? Who was Maxime Talbot's best friend? That Bruno Gervais. Is it Bruno Gervais? Bruno oh, Gervais. What and a he was shitty, bad at hockey, boy. Let me tell you, shitty defenseman. Because oh, uh, oh, you know, sign Max Talbot. You got to sign his best shitty defenseman friend, Bruno Gervais. Oh my god. I get so mad. Like you know, we're not going to rehash the whole Claude Giroux conversation right now, but like. I get so mad when people say, like, well, look at how long it's been that he's been here and they haven't won. And, like, you can have conversations about that in the last few years when we thought the roster was going to be good and it wasn't. But, like, look at the Flyers' defense from the year Bruno Gervais showed up to, like, the year Nick Schultz left. And tell me who's winning a goddamn thing with that lineup. Bruno, <laughs> How many games did Bruno Gervais play in that season? I'm going to guess... I'm gonna guess uh, the 41. It was a 48 game season. Remember, was it was his? Oh, it was a 48 season. game season. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say 31. Um, 37. Wow. And they signed okay. him to a two year deal, if I remember correctly. So I think he got. I think he just spent the the next year with the Phantoms. Um, but yeah, he um yeah he was not good. Um, and he was probably I don't know. I don't know where I would rank him with the Flyers defenseman that year because um, the fact that he wasn't automatically the worst really makes you think back on dark times. 
I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm not, I'm not going to pull up that roster and look at everyone on there. Cause I'm just going to get sad. And we're going to go down a rabbit hole. We're going to end ending this, well, ending this, it, not talking know, about Ken you know, Huskins, not talking about Oliver Lords and ending no, this. No, we could talk about that all day. That's for, that's for fuck in the off season. But uh, I, on that note, I'll just say that like, I have a quote from Claude Giroux here about this conversation. And he said, this is how you remind me of how sad I really am. This is how you remind me. All right, folks. Oh. That's all we got oh, now, for you. That's now enough Nickelback. So that's so sad. Look at this. All right. That's all. That's all there is. <laughs> if you have any feedback, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca. You can reach Kurt at Kurt B-S-H. Kurt, got anything yeah. to plug for the people? Yes, you can. Um, Nothing pressing right now. It's It's just such a weird time right now, partly because everyone, you know, Guys keep shuffling in and out of the lineup, partly because you know what do you do with this team? No, nothing. Um, I'm I'm thinking about it. You know, I'm I'm going through it right now. But we'll, you know, there are things out there, and you know, it's going to be a big couple months here, depending on what they try and do. Um, but yeah, I'm still thinking through it. If, you, if there's something you want me to write about, tweet at me with hashtag Kurt. Please do something and tell me what you want me to write. <laughs> It's a catchy, concise hashtag right there. That's what I'm here for. That's what you're here for. You can reach Kurt at KurtBSH. You can reach me at Flyperbole or at Esteban, but if for hockey purposes, make it Flyperbole. Follow Flyperbole on Instagram. Follow BSH Radio on Twitter. Follow Broad Street Hockey on Twitter. Broad Street Hockey is on a bunch of social media. They're on Instagram. They're on TikTok. I ain't on TikTok. I'm too old to understand it. All right. That's it, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Looking to get into vaccine, please, if you haven't already. Get a booster. Get Wear your mask. Wash your hands. All that fun stuff. It all comes down to staying safe and keeping those around you safe. Be good to people, Until guys. Just be good to people. Be good to people, especially to the stadium staff. Please do not be shitty to them. It is not their roles. They did not create this pandemic. They are just trying to live their lives and do their jobs. Well said. Until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. What once seemed improbable is happening now. Insurance is front and center for tech companies who are finally commanding the space they occupy in every other industry. 
Behind the Disruption is Cover Genius, the insure tech for embedded insurance that protects customers of the world's largest digital companies. Available at Amazon, Intuit, Flipkart, eBay, Booking.com, Skyscanner, Ryanair, and Southeast Asia's largest company, Shopee. Cover Genius's platform makes it easy for their global partners to embed insurance and warranty bundles, and especially rundles within their booking path or signup, connecting customers with the protection they need. And with global licensing and end-to-end capabilities across all industries, from property to travel, fintech, logistics, the gig economy, and retail, Cover Genius can build and distribute any kind of insurance and process claims in all 50 states and in more than 60 countries, all through a single integration. Because your customers are at the center of everything, Cover Genius pays claims instantly and maintains an NPS of 65+, plus, the highest in an industry where traditional insurers rely on paper forms, missed calls, and mailed checks to deliver NPS below zero. Give your customers the peace of mind they deserve. Visit CoverGenius.com slash Vox today to learn more. CoverGenius, the insure tech for embedded insurance. Rack your look for fall at your Nordstrom Rack Store and get brands you love up to 60% off. We've got them. Vince, Frame, Marc Jacobs, All Saints, Theory, and more. Save on everything you need and want for the new season today at Nordstrom Rack. The latest denim, boots, cozy sweaters, designer bags, plus updates for the whole family and home. Score great brands, great prices, now up to 60% off every day at Nordstrom Rack. What will you find? What is up, Astros fans? This is Jeff Balke and my partner, former Astro Jeff Blum from the Believe in Astros podcast to tell you baseball is back and we've got your world champion Houston Astros covered. Every week we go inside the clubhouse, break down the games, discuss the players and give you everything you need to know about the Houston Astros baseball organization with special guests and a few surprises all summer and into the postseason. So tune in to the Believe in Astros podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V on Apple. Spotify, YouTube, and everywhere you get your podcasts, go Astros. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean cellar. the mini fridge. Yeah, it's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New New episodes of Fly on the Wallin' drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallin' wherever you get your podcasts. 